Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin, and today we're covering Lord Ulan's Daughter off of Father of the Bride, Japanese exclusive bonus track recorded over an instrumental that is very similar to Big Blue and spoken by Jude Law. Interesting track, beautiful, pristine, what else would you add, Kevin? It really is pleasant. Yes, I um, I I have a cultural blank spot for so many different things, and Jude Law is one of those. Um, <laughs> I looked up his movies, and I guess I've seen some of these. Um, but apparently, he and Ezra have been friends for some time, and I don't know if this is just like we kind of talked about this a while ago. But this was one of those albums that was kind of in the vein of like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or To Pimp a Butterfly, where it's just like. Let's get 30 people in a room. And maybe this is a situation where Ezra's just doing some favors for friends. I don't want to say it like that, but I mean, do you think this, the album. Do you, you know? think this is a, an allusion to Blame Game from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? I think this is exactly Blame Chris Game. Rock. Played, yeah, it was exactly Chris Rock. Um, I think this is a little less vulgar than what Chris <laughs> went through at the tail end of that song. Yeah. Is that's, 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 that's an all timer. It's a good song, but I just, I think it is my least favorite on that album. I yeah, just, I mean, that's fair, but yeah. that doesn't say much. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's hard when it's the greatest album of all time, but yeah. I, I digress. But today, me and Kevin have decided to regale the audience with some spoken word ourselves so that we'll, we'll recite the poem before we dive in. So lead the way. A chieftain to the highlands bound cries, boatman, do not tarry. And I'll give thee a silver pound to row us o'er the ferry. Now who be ye who would cross Loch Gill, this dark and stormy water? Oh, I'm the chief of Ulva's Isle, and this Lord Ulan's daughter. And fast before her father's men, three days we fled together. For should he find us in the glen, my blood would stain the heather. His horsemen hard behind us ride, should they our steps discover, then who will cheer my bonny bride when they have slain her lover? Outspoke the hardy Highland White, I'll go, my chief, I'm ready. It is not for your silver bright, but for your winsome lady. And by my word, the bonny bird in danger shall not tarry. So though the waves are raging white, I'll row you o'er the ferry. By this the storm grew loud apace, the water wraith was shrieking, and in the scowl of heaven each face grew dark as they were speaking. But still as wild blew the wind, and as the night grew drear, adown the glen rode armed men, their trampling sounded nearer. Oh haste thee, haste, the lady cries, though tempests round us gather. I'll meet the raging of the skies, but not an angry father. The boat has left a stormy land, a stormy sea before her, when, oh, too strong for human hand, the tempest gathered o'er her. And still they rode amidst the roar of waters fast prevailing. Lord Ulan reached that fatal shore. His wrath was changed to wailing. For sore this maid through storm and shade, his child he did discover. One lovely hand she stretched for aid, and one was round her lover. 
Come back, come back, he cried in grief, across this stormy water, and I'll forgive your highland chief, my daughter, oh my daughter. Twas vain the loud waves lashed the shore, return our aid preventing, the waters wild went o'er his child, and he was left lamenting. I think we should do this for every song. Like, like when we get to Diane Young, I think we should do it like this. <laughs> now, a year ago, if you told me I was going to be recording a spoken word poem on a podcast, I would be very confused. I haven't read poetry in, in like a long time. This feels like some AP English stuff right here. You're not a Pablo Neruda fan, a Robert Frost fan. I mean, I've heard these are names that I have heard before, but fan might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I, I can like appreciate this. It's like something I could get into. It's like European soccer. I can appreciate it. I'm just not there yet. You know, it's, it's cool though. This is cool. And I think um, the guy behind us, what's his name? Um, Thomas Campbell. Thomas Campbell. Yeah. I just think in general, it's very interesting that poet was, and in many cases is still like a career path. Like people are, poets as a profession yeah and i feel like now it's harder to be a poet as far as i'm aware people don't rich people don't subsidize poets anymore and so they actually have to sell their poetry but back then i think it was more rich people subsidizing these poets that's actually interesting like you'd have like a like an estate poet kind of or just mm -hmm. like okay because the only poets right art. All I can think of right now are um, Amanda Gorman, who had that address at the um, at the Biden inauguration, mm -hmm. and uh, Rupi Kaur, who yes. gets made fun of all the time on Twitter. Yes. So that's <laughs> that's the state of poetry today, folks. <laughs> Rupi Kaur uh, released like her reading one of her poems, and people thought it was parody until they realized it was her actually <laughs> reading the poem. So she's very yeah, aware. I think I've read more fake rupee car poems than real rupee car poems. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. So, um, so let's, yeah, let's dive into the actual meaning brought on by the poet before we dive into why it was included on the album. Yeah, it's a great little narrative thing here, and makes a lot of sense. Story of you've heard a million times, uh, but told in such a beautiful manner here. Obviously, this young couple wants to elope. Powerful dad says, no, you can't do that. And of course, chases them away. And in the end, I think we're to assume that our two main lovers die. And the dad obviously feels terrible that what he did caused them to cause them to die. Yeah. Shout out to the homie, um, the, the boat man. The boat man. Yeah. He refused to take a fare. To yeah, help the like he, he basically, basically, we actually do. We get any indication the boatman died? Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> he had to, but no, we don't get any. Really, we actually don't even get any official confirmation that the man died. True. You know, we really only know for sure. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, so it's it's this story of a king fuming with rage over a love forbidden, but then the blood ends up being on his hands of his own daughter mm -hmm. because of that rage. And he even offers to forgive 
the Highland chief that stole his daughter. But it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. To no avail, they die. Yeah, so quite... it's like invite. It's like inviting that one friend who, like, you know, can't come to the party, but you want to fulfill that social box. Like, hey, can you come to my thing? And they're like, oh no, I got something going on. It's like, hey, no worries, man. You didn't want him there anyway, but you, you said you you at least reached out. Yeah, so but it's quite quite a sad poem. But why did why did they include this on the album? The only thing I saw is that Ezra liked the phrase "Bonnie Bride." Yes, that's my understanding of what happened here. So he liked the phrase "Bonnie Bride." It is a narrative in full about a father of a bride so great point excellent because point. the king i think is the one focused on more than the daughter in this poem Lord Ulan. yeah and we we get more like because the emotion in some sense is is focused on the change in lord Ulan. you know um because the, the two main characters the entire time are like running away, nothing's gonna stop us. And truly they die that way. And our, our mate, our, you're right, our guy here, Lord Ulan is the one who changes. It's kind of like how Ferris Bueller's Day Off isn't about Ferris Bueller, it's about Cameron. You know, it's about <laughs> the character who changes here. How many pods can you bring up Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I'm wearing a red hockey sweater right now, just yeah. so everyone's clear. So yeah, we're really, we're really in theme tonight. He shoehorned that one in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you could also make the argument that when they're rowing away, they're rowing away from their problems into more problems, just as they're married in a gold rush, they go over to the gold rush in the album, the, the couple in the album, and they just encounter more problems and end up splitting up. And also in the album do we ever get any talk about the father of the bride you know i do not believe so well but... i get we in the what's the name of the first song on this album um hold, hold you now. now yeah i guess danielle has that one line about you just watch your mouth when talking to the father of the bride true you know and i i guess we'll get into that when we get into that um but i think it's off the top of my head that's the only line i can think of where that is actually discussed in the album yeah most of this is about the relationship itself mm -hmm. um, and i think father of the bride the title also is alluding to um the um movie from the 80s the excellent steve martin movie. steve martin yes. there we go um and so i think that's part of it but it's somewhat incorporated into the album, but I have a more wild theory about who the father is in this poem. Okay. In, according to the narrative of the album. So um, I, I think this. the father is God. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's hard. Explain it. Sorry, before I before I comment. So I think this follows a biblical structure, where at first there's this Old Testament God who is shown as just and wrathful and um, will use his hand of force in order to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. 
in a juxtaposition to this forgiving father who wants the daughter to come back. And I also think this has to do with Ezra's own relationship with God in which Ezra has this agnostic flair within um, modern vampires of the city where he's like, oh, God's this other figure, right? Um, and runs away from, from God. But at the end, there, there's this reaching towards the father. Mm -hmm. And I think we see throughout Father of the Bride as an album, a acceptance of some relationship with a higher power. I would agree, generally. Yeah. So are you saying that in this case, God, you're saying God is Lord of the land? Yes. And so Ezra's the, the mean, daughter. The two, the, the initial thought I had is when would God be this like person to turn about face? But I think kind of like you mentioned in the Old Testament, we have situations like with the flood, you know, where God realizes, hey, I shouldn't do this again, which is kind of an interesting I don't want to say character development for God, but kind of a character development for God. Um, but really more so the critique I have of this is the story ends with God driving away these people and they die. I guess it's hard to see in my head how that part of it fits into that narrative. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect match. And I don't think Thomas Campbell intended for this to be the case. Okay. So I think it just has... Or it's a it's a rough theory, but I think there might be a little something there. Um, the the main reason I thought of this theory was, but the line, but not an angry father, because I feel like an angry father has connotations of the Old Testament God. Old Testament God. Okay, that's a that's a really good point. I I uh, I like that you brought this up. This is good. Yeah, we have to bring in our own theories every once. Absolutely. In a while. I think, I think that's the whole point of this. You know, it's, again, the music's all about what it means to you. You know, you don't have to listen to what we say. You don't have to be here. <laughs> uh, okay. So is there anything else you wanted to add? It, it's a pretty short, sweet, simple piece that is not really necessary for the album, I would say, but it does add a little bit, I think. I mean, yeah, it's weird. It's this, it's, we have three bonus tracks, um, and really only one of them is an original piece to be, if we're, if we're being blunt here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a neat little addendum. Um, how are the tracks ordered actually? Is Houston Dubai the last one? Um, Houston Dubai is the first one. And then I don't think about her. Oh, so this is the, no more. This and is the last thing on the album. Yep. Because we've kind of talked about how the endings of these albums kind of vary a little bit and how mm -hmm. usually that second to last track is kind of that like mournful one and there's a lighter play. Um, and again, this is just a super long album. So to consider the interplay between like Spring Snow and Jerusalem, New York, Berlin, and then adding these three other songs on top is just kind of whatever. But thematically it fits. It's kind of cool. It's like, what what's Jude Law doing here? But it's less of an album and more of like an experience when you put in something like this and it's cool. Mm -hmm. Good, good for them. Yeah. I think it carries on the regality of this album as a whole. 
Yes. Good point. So favorite lyric? Where is it? Um, I'll meet the raging of the skies, but not an angry father. I'll, I'll have to go with the one that inspired its inclusion with then who will cheer my Bonnie bride. I like that. That's good. So top five. We're going to go with uh, this life. Stranger. Stranger came on shuffle today. So I'm going to put that in the top two. Um, white sky. Let's throw campus up top there. We'll put campus into the top five this week and then we'll go Harmony Hall rounding nice. it out. Nice. Uh, we'll go Flower Moon. Nice. We belong together. Unbearably white. Unbelievers. And Spring Snow. Heavy FOTB. Heavy FOTB this this evening. It's spring. It's spring. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, is it spring? Yeah, I guess so. When yeah, spring summer? starts mid spring starts mid March. Yeah, when's summer though? End of June. Oh, okay. <laughs> the days get longer for another month, which is crazy. I feel like it's just been so sunny. Yeah, it doesn't get dark here until like eight thirty. So it's a lot. Friend of the show, Matt and I are going up north in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be light out until like ten, and I'm super excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, that will, that will be good. That will be good. Um, and then for our hat for the week, we have a Spurs hat because the Spurs will be playing in the playoff play-in game this coming Wednesday against the Memphis Grizzlies. Which is very exciting. And we're going to get lots of commentary about if the play-in game should be a good thing or not. But As I am very excited. The Lakers excited. didn't end up in it. I feel like they'll um, keep – wait, no, the Lakers are in the play-in game. Are they really? I think so, yeah. So – so it's going to be heated because LeBron's going to complain about it. People I'm generally forget. a LeBron fan, but like he complains about some stuff where it's just like, if you weren't in this, you... he literally said when asked originally about the playing game before when they were like the number one seed, he was like, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. And now he's like, it's terrible. And also yeah. people forget LeBron said that he might never be a hundred percent again. Which oh, really? my, which my favorite sports pundits are saying is just a setup for what's going to be framed as like the greatest championship run of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. We're just going bonus track to bonus track. I don't think much about her no more. All right. A cover. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I forgot that it's a cover when I included it, but you know, I think it's important to see what the inclusion on the album means. Just what it'll do for. Run. Okay. Yeah, but we're going Japanese bonus track heavy this month. So tune in next week to hear us cover that song. Take it easy, folks. Mm-hmm.